Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Romance Isn't Dead. The West was one with love alone. Or maybe not. Hello, Ray. How are we doing today? Um, I was doing fine until it suddenly clouded over and now looks like it's going to tip down. So my garden centre trip's going to be fun. Oh, that sounds like a delight. <laughs> garden centre like, trip I, in the rain. <laughs> I like garden centres, but I don't like the rain. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be sun. We were supposed to be getting the start of a beautiful three-month heat wave. Um, I think they lied, or maybe they were looking at the forecast for Florida. I don't know. Um, well. But it's... Uh, yeah. And it's a bank. It's another bank holiday for us. So oh, we have wonderful. a three. We have a three day weekend to look forward to. Oh, that's wonderful. Or rather, one extra day because it's already Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, you know that's good. That's good. I'm glad you have an extra day to relax. Um. And uh, I wish you, wish you success at the garden center. Many successes. I just want- I just want lavender. Oh, it smells good. It smells good. Mm-hmm. We had a big day yesterday, and my daughter did really well at the horse show, which was nice. And she got a new puppy. Someone there was clever. Was very clever. They had 15 puppies that they were giving away and where better to give them away than at an event where you know everyone there likes animals (laughs) and there are a lot of little kids with big eyes going I want a puppy so pretty sure they got rid of most of them if not all I can't imagine they didn't get rid of all of them because it was just madness all these little kids walking around with puppies. <laughs> it was madness. So we're calling him Hunter. But at any rate, that's that's that. That's that. So, so that's, isn't that dog number four? Let's not talk about it. <laughs> I have enough with a cat. One cat. Let's not talk about it. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. All right, but we do need to talk about this book. Um, was there any other thing that you wanted to get on with before we talked about the book? Or we went to the book first. Um, well, we've got some new releases. Okay, go for or it. New releases to come out. We've got um, Linda Leon Miller has a new book coming out in May mm-hmm. on May the 9th. It's based during the American Civil War and follows the life of a young woman after her husband dies and she has to go and collect his body. Um, it's called the the Yankee Widow, and again, due out on May the ninth. So she has to collect his body from and where? return it. Um, well, somewhere at Galveston, I want to say. Galveston, okay. Somewhere it's she's she's in the north, and she has to go to the south or something. I think mm. um, the summary isn't very clear. As they so rarely seem I could, to be these I could, days. I could interpret the summary probably better than you could just because that's one of my areas of expertise as an American historian. Um, really? Mm-hmm, but, <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, Laura Lael Miller, if you enjoy her books, she's got a new one coming out. What else? Um, another, we have got some, we've got quite a few. A very, very different style book from Sherilyn Kenyon, um, whose night play we read a mm-hmm. few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. She's actually got a biogra- biographical type book coming out. She's named it, 
she's named it really creatively. Apparently, she has um, Native American heritage, and she has named this book. This book is called Swan of Fire. That's interesting. Yeah, it's her. Biographical. It's a biographical book about someone? About her family history. So she looked into family records and everything else and did some research into her own, um, I suppose, her family Bible, as we would call it, and you probably would too, and has written with letters and everything the history of this particular era of her family. And that's due out on May the 21st. Interesting. Very interesting. So if you're a family history person, that might be an interesting book for you to read or someone who's just interested in Native American history. So yeah, it'd be very exactly. Okay. And then Stephanie Lawrence. Sally, mm. you were the one who told me about this one. She's got a collection due out. Mm. Yeah. Uh, a pre sort of um, post Regency, early Victorian mm series of um romances called right. the pursuits of lord kit Cavanaugh. okay so it's that is the second in a book uh series so i don't know how far she plans to go with it that book just came out i believe april 30th of this year and lord kit Cavanaugh, i think has a half brother and then the first book in the series is about his brother and then this is the second and Stephanie Lawrence, once she builds her families, likes to keep with them. Like, once she builds that little world, she builds a series around them. And, hey, you do you, lady. <laughs> it's obviously <laughs> successful, right? So, um, and, and she's moving out of the time period with the Sinsters. So, I'm they're sure... They're the Regency, aren't they? Yeah, they're the Regency and the immediate post-Regency. And um, I guess that's her play, that she's just going with a new family now. And um, if you like Stephanie Lawrence, it might be worth a shot. I have kind of moved away from Stephanie Lawrence a little bit. Aren't there three books in this one as well, or three, a collection of three stories in this this one? Her most recent, um, her most recent pattern seems to be trilogies so she had like the sinister sisters and there were three of them kind of thing and so i would imagine i wouldn't surprise me if this was a trilogy she tends to do more than two and she got with the sinisters and took forever with them but i i think that this is probably three three sounds about right or how many brothers there are but there are three actual books in this book in this in this actual book it's a collection of three stories that wasn't my understanding, but that's interesting. My understanding was this is the second book in a series. So hmm. maybe maybe you picked up on something I did not. So <laughs> if you Possibly. are reading, if you are one of our listeners and you are reading the Kit Kavanaugh or the Kavanaugh series. Let us know. Us, yeah, let us know because we're not dead sure here. So. <laughs> like we always, well, we often aren't. <laughs> And finally, we have a new book from Lindsay Sands. Mm. Um, I don't know if anybody else has read them, but she started a series years ago now, The Arjunot Vampires. Mm -hmm. And she's just released book 29. (laughs) I have not got that many of them. I think I've got about seven or eight. There are now 29 and book 30 is due out in September. It's like, she's oh my sounding God. like the Stephanie Plum books with the yeah, Jane Ivanovich so... with like, you know, 24, what, I mean, just the different 
Yes, Holy cow. so many. And this one is um, called The Trouble with Vampires. And it's the story of a vampire and a history professor. And oh boy, I could, that really does sound like the start to a dirty joke. And <laughs> I can imagine it in my head right now, but I'm not very good at writing jokes. So someone come up with a dirty joke about a vampire and a history professor and we'll read That's it out. That's interesting. Um, uh, fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> would okay. you you're as a as a history professor is that your idea of fun uh given what we just read no i don't even want to think about history right this minute <laughs> <laughs> yeah so shall we move on to the um to the book sure you, your face says so much we've got we have um video while we're recording and sally's face is just so expressive right now it's a mix of horror and oh dear why did we do this huh. mm-hmm. so <laughs> i'd like to start out with the things that i liked about this book and we need to say what the book was oh go for it okay well your choice your choice i know my choice i'm so sorry (laughs) so sorry um it was um a book by uh joan johnston who's an american author who started out actually writing mills and boone or harlequin um and it is a historical based in um based at the time of the annexation of texas shortly before yes uh there's there's a little 10-year-ish time gap between the Mexican-American or the the Texas War for Independence and then the Mexican-American. Basically, it all gets confused in there because it's all the antebellum stuff. And let's just say that there is a gap there where it's the Republic of Texas while they're waiting to be annexed. Sorry. Yeah, see, that's fine because American history is not my strong point. I am... English and at a certain point in history, um, I think at the time of the War for Independence, we stopped learning <laughs> American history at school. Not as in I wasn't alive during the War of Independence. <laughs> God, that sounded like I was talking about me being about four hundred years old. Right. So, <laughs> we um, in UK history, um, in English history, we stopped as soon as there is the War for Independence and the Boston Tea Party and everything. That is the point where American history and English history takes a massive divergence. And we stop actually, we stopped in my my time at school, we stopped learning about it. Mm-hmm. But um, again, I will apologize for this book. <laughs> I chose the first in the Sisters of the Lone Star series by Joan Johnston, and it was Frontier Woman. Okay. Originally published in 1988. Yeah. We have to stress this is a book that is old enough to have children. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, good things about the book. She had a good editor, so there were not a lot of typos. I like it. That that is that the only positive thing you can say about it? Be honest. Um, oh, silence speaks a thousand words. Um... Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's there's one person I like, maybe two people I like in this book. The rest of it, them can go hang. And it's not their story. So, no. okay, so I picked the book and 
it was a book I have to admit was on was front and center on my bookcase. I think I bought it in probably about 1990 when I was a lot younger than I am now, mm-hmm. obviously. And it stayed on my bookcase. I think I probably read it about two times, but it isn't my favorite book in the series. Mm-hmm. There are three, and the middle one is probably the one with the best developed characters that you don't dislike. Don't um, hate. <laughs> I was trying to be tactful. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. My 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 uh my American came out. I apologize. <laughs> but they are it is the one um so these books stayed on my bookcase for about 15, 16 years. Then I moved and I needed to cull my books. And this was probably one of the first sets. I bought them secondhand. This is probably one of the first sets that got taken to a nearby charity shop in a massive great big bag of books because I didn't have room for them all anymore. So that says a lot about how I obviously grew out of the books. So when you reread this book, did you enjoy it? I read Truth, it. truth. Did you enjoy truth. it when you reread it? I wanted to see more of the characters that I liked in it. And I think because it had been so long since I read it, I merged this book. In fact, I didn't even remember until I opened the book, which I didn't do until yesterday morning. I didn't remember that it was this particular story until I read it. Mm -hmm. And it was my least favorite of the three when I read them. And that's saying something because I didn't like the third one either. Good Lord. Okay, so let me. Okay, I, if if Joan Johnston is hearing this, I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm not trying really? to denigrate. I am not trying to denigrate her work, but I could not. Like I never plan to ever pick this book up again. Um. The heroine is 17 years old, and I know a lot of 17-year-olds that have been cosseted and petted along, and they're still not this immature, this bratty, as the heroine. Like, I know a lot of 17-year-olds. I've been teaching for 20 years, teaching high school students for 20 years. Heck, I know 14-year-olds who aren't this bratty. And Johnston does make use of the old uh, trope about, like, the hero, when you first meet him, I mean, it's like all they do is lie to each other. Oh, yeah. That, they're all pretty they good at lie, that. They lie to each other. And he, the, the consent thing, like, they don't have sex early in the book at all. And that's great. I'm glad. They're, they're some, they, they wait, right? But... Well, even they do, when they, they do, he's lying to. I mean, I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> yeah. There is, um, there is a lot to be said for the fact that neither of these characters are honest with each other at all in any way, shape, or form. It starts with the biggest trope of all, which is fake marriage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well. Oh, and he, and he also, she gets very, very drunk. Very, very drunk. And he tells her that they've slept together so she might be pregnant. And she doesn't remember anything because she's so drunk. Right. But they didn't. Right. And he plays on that for a really long time. Yes. And uses it to further the whole fake marriage scenario. I mean, but 
when they first meet, like, he kisses her out of, like... Nowhere. Anger. You know what I mean? I just... Uh, and then when they find out who he is and all that stuff, rather than her putting on her big girl panties and acting like she's got a shred of maturity, she decides to go in and continue to be a jerk about it and, and, and try to, try to, I don't know, get one over on him or something like that. And I'm just sitting here thinking, grow up, grow up. Like, I get your father is an abusive jerk. I get it. And I oh, get it. He, he's horrible. The and, father is manipulative. He lies. He had three daughters who he named the same names he'd have given three sons because he wanted three boys. And he he's determined to use them to build his empire. So he makes his oldest daughter, um, he gives his oldest daughter the skills to run the plantation that they own. He gives his middle daughter the skills to be the accountant. And then he he sort of pampers the youngest he's he's getting her ready even though he's making her very very masculine and ignores the fact that she's becoming very masculine he expects to sell her off to someone as a wife and you can't really blame her for being confused about all this stuff because her father is a manipulative jerk but you can say to her grow up oh yeah definitely and and she does things in this book where just complete consequences yeah (laughs) serious consequences and and i'm just sitting here and i'm reading this and i get more and more angry with her and at the at the point where i don't care i literally do not care about her and you're that's a problem if you're reading a book and you actually really dislike the heroine to the point where you don't care what happens to her to the point where you'd almost welcome it. I've read something a few books like that. truly horrible happens to her because she deserves it. And I don't mean in like blaming the victim sort of way. I mean like her actions, she knows that she's taking chances and she's taking chances with other people's lives and she's just okay with that. Oh, I can take care of myself. You've already demonstrated that you know that this isn't a habit. You know that you are not enough against a band of Comanches. And, you know, I think the other thing that bothered me, one of the things that bothered me about this book was, as an American historian, this, in a lot of ways, is my history. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, like... I'm not of the West. I am not of the group that moved West or anything like that. My family didn't move West. We stayed here. But I have to teach this stuff. And what I have to acknowledge every time I teach it is that the story is way more complicated than any romance novel is going to make it out to be. Right? Yeah, that's the thing. Romance novels are to take you out of reality. They're an escape. They're not supposed to be the brutality, the harshness, the the complexity that real history is. It's like reading a book about the regent about the Regency period. They make it all sound so lovely and light. But and as someone mentioned on Twitter, you have to 
remove yourself from that element in order to in order to enjoy certain things and when the inaccuracies pull you back in because they are so blatant and they are misusing elements and they are writing things that are so badly done you get pulled back in and your brain starts processing again so you don't you're not escape it's not an escape anymore i i i don't like it there you go and it makes me sad that i didn't like it um like i wanted to like it but what this did do also it reminded me i don't really like westerns very much (laughs) that's good and and i and that wasn't i mean like i've known i don't really read a lot of westerns and they're not the ones that i pick up but reading this one reminded me why i am not a big fan of westerns um, this one is probably the worst one I've read in a very, very, like, I can't think of one I read that I disliked more. Oh my God. I actually managed to pick the worst book, but that's a good thing because there we is, want to provide a balance. There is, there is one seri- Western series that I, that I did enjoy at the time I was reading it. And that was in the 1990s, mid to late nineties. See? So um, it may well have done as this book did and not age very well. And at all. I will go back and I will probably pick pick one of the books of those that series to see how well it ages, but I I am not a Western reader and I never will be a Western reader and um I am completely okay with that because the oh I mean, and and I've also this is just horrific. Just stuff in this book, just uh, (laughs) that picture would make such a good screenshot. (laughs) Big sad face, very big sad face. I can understand where you're coming from. I mean, as I said, I first read this book when I was in my teens. Mm -hmm. I was younger than the heroine in the book, and the thing that struck me, and I think. One of the reasons why a modern audience might have an issue with it is the fact that in today's, in modern society, in the US anyway, she is below the age of consent. Mm-hmm. In the UK, the age of consent is 16. So okay, I will say this, that, maybe this makes me a bad person, the consent, the age of consent thing doesn't bother me so much because my, in my reality... I understand that 17 would have been considered old enough to get married. Um, and you, do More you know than old saying? enough. Right. And, and <laughs> I, I have a very good friend um, who is my age, and she got married when she was 17. So... I don't necessarily that that didn't really bother what bothered me was her incredible immaturity. Like no, she, she was should, incredibly immature. She should have been better. Period. She should have been better. It was and, the whole justification of her upbringing that that I think caused the issues with her. You were constantly hearing the excuse that her father, whose name was Rip, um was very he 
permitted her to do anything she wanted, but at the same time... And even encouraged her to to follow these masculine pursuits and uh, discouraged anything that made her feminine, right? He completely he... ignored any part of her that... Which, that's the thing that confused... I think that is the main thing which confused me with the whole um, Cricket being the one he was going to marry off because he'd sent Bailey, his middle child, to live in the city, gain some um, etiquette, some skills that would make her the perfect host and the perfect wife. And then he was marrying off the child who he'd let run ragtag around like a man for the last 16 years. And that confused me. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, that was the least of the inconsistencies. But yeah, that's, you're right. That is an inconsistency. It's, it doesn't make sense. And I just, I, I mean, if he was this great, if he was this wealthy, that wealthy had three children, three, three girls to bring up. Why didn't he bring a woman into the household and, uh, well, the thing is, I think he didn't want to acknowledge that he had girls. Right. But at the same time, to. he did it. But at the same time, he did acknowledge that he had girls mm-hmm. because he was using them as a bartering tool to get money, um, to get land and power. status mm-hmm. and power. And he sent one of them off to essentially to finishing school. Mm-hmm. And that is a very feminine pursuit. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there were masses of inconsistencies and. I think I should have picked the second book in the series (laughs) (laughs) instead of the first because at least the characters in that were nicer and they were. You mentioned yourself when we were talking earlier that the character, one of the characters you liked was the middle daughter, Bailey. Bailey. And the middle book is her story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, yeah, I liked Amy who was the sister-in-law of of the main hero and i liked bailey who is the sister of cricket heroine yeah the heroine and um i sort of liked her older sister but from what i'm hearing from ray in the final analysis i probably won't like sloan um and, and I feel like, I, I worry because I feel like, people are, oh, well, you just like these women who are demonstrating more traditional, um, more traditional feminine characteristics. And that's not, that's not it. No. That's not it. Um, because these characters head. are not written sympathetically. I mean, the hero is written as this jerk. Yeah. I mean, and he's had terrible things happen to him. Absolutely. But he's still written as an absolute jerk and i just <laughs> <laughs> and the and the main heroine cricket is selfish childish um self-involved so, yeah self-involved arrogant oh so arrogant yeah and overestimate, yeah overestimates her own abilities even I after it's been is... demonstrated to her that she can't do everything. She's like, yeah. no, 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 no. I can, st- I can still, it's like, and at a certain but you point. you just discovered that you can't. You needed to be rescued. You nearly got someone killed. You um, did get someone brutalized. Oh, yeah. That Absolutely was, that, brutalized. That scene, 
that scene was horrific and it was hugely uncomfortable to read. And so I, if, you, if you get triggered by anything, if you get anything, triggered, do not read this book. That is a that is sin, a sincere and serious warning. If you get triggered by um, brutal acts against women, do not read this book. Do not yeah, even I think. I did not know it was coming and I started reading that and I was like and I I almost threw it away I was almost like I can't read anymore because it was that bad otherwise I wouldn't have picked this I had forgotten it happened I really had it was kind of like I blanked out a lot of the events of the book but to be fair it had been a good 15 years since I'd read it I had forgotten that happened. Otherwise, I'd never have picked it because seriously, that scene, that one, <laughs> that one scene, was unnecessary. It could have been glossed over and mentioned after in as an afterward or anything else other than actually being written as it was. I, I, I. I... In the, the thing that really gets me is this is a new imprint. It should have been mentioned. Mm-hmm. somewhere there should have been a warning somewhere and there wasn't so here is our warning if you get triggered by anything brutal do not read frontier woman seriously don't don't the violence against one character in particular who is, has done nothing to hurt anybody and, which is the worst bit yeah and oh my gosh and then her husband after it oh i'd have shot him myself I yeah. shot him myself. So, you know, I, I just, mm-mm. yeah, nope, 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 nope. I cannot <laughs> do it. And I, I think even if I had read this book when it came out, I don't think I would have enjoyed it very much. Um, even at age 16 when it came out, I'm not sure I would have enjoyed it so much. It came um, out when we were, came out when we were 14. Yeah, if I had read it as... <laughs> Uh, uh, good God, I'm glad I didn't read it as a 14-year-old. Um, but I am really... Oof, I'm, I was a lot less scared of the world when I read this book the first time. Oof, I just can't. I, I'm glad I did not read it. Um, and, I, yeah. Nope. There you go. So there is our recommendation on this book. It's the first one we both agreed do not read. Um, really sorry, Joan Johnston, but this book has not, a not aged, aged well. well. Really hasn't aged well. Um, the characters are self-absorbed, self-obsessed, selfish. How many other words can I use that are massively negative about them? Immature. Immature. Um, both blatant liars. Mm-hmm. So dishonest. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think. There's There are loads of very, very negative things. And I never thought I'd say this about a book. I've read a lot of books. Actually, that's a lie because next week coming up is a very, very negative review. <laughs> <sighs> Neither of us is in love with the the books that we read. For We, we decided, well, should we tell our readers what we did? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think we should. Um, we punished ourselves really badly i don't know why we inflict these things upon ourselves for a podcast but we punished ourselves really badly so sally what did you read well ray more so than me i think i yeah. i read 
because I saw that Christine Feehan had another series out, and uh, she had a new, a, like the latest in the series was coming out in June, I think. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I could go ahead and read this, the first couple in this. And Ray and I think, I think Ray and I were kind of tossed around the idea of maybe reading those two and then having like a series, like a read-along series. And I read Shadow Riders by... Yeah, you sent me, you sent me snippets of it. I read Shadow Riders by Christine Feehan, and, and we can discuss that next week. So what did you read? I, I am still reading it, and it is torture, sheer and utter torture. I am reading E.L. James' The Mister. Um, my hearty recommendation after getting a third of the way through it is it um, would be more pleasurable spearing my eyes out with a fork. Um, it's horrible. It's badly written. It's repetitive. I can't. horrible. But we will be talking about these two books in detail next week. Because by then I will hopefully have managed to struggle my way through it. <laughs> I get, I have to admit that I gave, I did give my entire office a massive laugh this week when I got a snippet of the book that Sally was reading through on email, and I shared it with the people in the office, and they were in hysterics. Did they, they couldn't find believe. That funny? They really did. They found it hilarious. Um, I cringed, but they found it absolutely hilarious. But then if you ever heard the conversations that go on in my office, you probably would too. Oh, my sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> anyway, do you have anything else? We need to um, talk about the book that we're reading next. Okay. What is the book we're reading next? It's your choice. Oh, crap. Is it Dream Man? <laughs> is it Dream I Man? So. I think so. Dream Man by Linda Howard. Yes, that's the one we're reading next. Dream Man by Linda Howard. Uh, that's so funny. Uh, this uh, has been a, a this has been a very very ad hoc episode because yes. Sally literally was skimming through the last few chapters of the book just before we started, and I only read it yesterday after I went and saw Endgame for the second time. Well, I mean, I, I, to be fair, I started this book way earlier in the week. I just hated it so much. I was having a really hard time picking it up. I was like, oh, I need to read that. And I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> it's supposed to be fun. This ain't fun. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and we're not normally ne negative Nellies. We're really not no, normally negative Nellies. So hopefully, hopefully Dream Man will age a little bit better because Dream Man is also, it's got some age on it. Um... I want to say it's late 1990s and it's Linda Howard and um, it's about a psychic. So it sort of feeds my paranormal thing. Um, so we shall see. We shall see. We certainly shall. Yes. So a dream man. Oh, do we need to put this book on the chili pepper scale? Uh, <sighs> man, it I just, don't, it, on account of that one scene alone, I don't want to because I think it enables <laughs> And that sounds that is so modern day speak. I think that that one brutal scene negates the need for it to have any encouragement. We yeah. should have this. We should. Yeah. Have if a, if any part of this book makes you hot under the collar, I, I, I maybe I guess maybe that. But I just found myself just rolling, just trying to get through it because I couldn't. As I said, I read it yesterday, and I read it in two hours. Yeah, it did not give me any sort of like a hoo -hoo -hoo. nope, 
no i think we need to create a new scale um kind of like the tomato scale uh, that they have on rotten, rotten tomatoes. tomatoes yeah yeah we yeah. need to have a scale like that for the books that we would seriously not recommend to anyone and i can honestly say that Frontier Woman is at the top, right at this moment, at the top of the we do not recommend this book to anybody pile. So sorry, Joan Johnston, or anybody that has read this and still has fond memories of it. I didn't have such fond memories of this book as I did of the second in the series, and the third one completely wiped out any need. In fact, I think this probably was the one that made me go, I think I'm going to get rid of these books. I don't like mm. giving away books. I don't like throwing away books. But I think that these books, I had to buy a new copy for this. Mm. And this book is going to be going straight round the corner to my local charity shop because I don't like throwing away brand new books. Yeah, no. Um, I got mine on Kindle because uh, I did not, I don't have space in my house between, you know, I just don't have space for books. So any more books than I already have anyway, I have too many probably so yeah I got it on Kindle it was less expensive than any sort of physical copy and thank god and, and however I, the reverse was true for me yeah which is odd as well but okay all right so um despite our rather lackluster enjoyment of this particular book is there any way that you or any um thought that you would want to remind our listeners of Ray? I would like to remind everybody that keep on searching for your happily ever after, just not in that book. Just not in that book. And you? And I would remind you that romance isn't dead. It's alive and well on our bookshelf. But again, not in that bookshelf. All right. Or on that book. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.